Hey everybody, this is Bob Z, the pastor of Joy Christian Fellowship. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope it's a word that will encourage you today. Let's remember in these challenging times we're living that God is still in control and that his love for us endures forever. Amen. God bless. God, I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed. Maybe that's why some of us get overwhelmed. We're looking, we're looking for answers and help in the wrong places. God, I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision, God, to see things like you do. God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom, oh, how we need more wisdom. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. Hey, he knows just what to do. We may not understand what he's doing or why he's doing it, but we've got to believe he knows just what to do and he knows just when to do it because he's God and we're not, right? <laughs> I wonder if anybody got a word from the Lord during worship or uh, any impression, a mental picture or a Holy Spirit prompting. Oftentimes, in the midst of worship, God will say a word or share. I know Bobby oftentimes is sensitive to that, and she approaches you and says, I believe the Lord wants me to share something with you. Listen, because she she doesn't do it lightly. She doesn't just jump. She wrestles with God. Are you sure? Are you sure? Maybe later, maybe now. And then it's finally, it's okay, here I go. So, But when I talk about getting a word from the Lord, I'm not talking about personal opinions. I mean, personal opinions have their place, and, and, and we all have personal opinions, but I'm not asking about that. I'm not asking about anything man-made or manufactured or manipulated. We don't want to be like one of those places. But, but we do welcome a true prophetic word from the Lord here because um, we need to hear from heaven, not man, but from heaven. Well, all right. Uh, thanks again uh, for everyone who participated in the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church last Sunday. I know it's a long, it's one of our longest services. It's a heavy service. Some may even think it's depressing to hear story after story after story about people being severely persecuted, beaten, thrown in jail, raped, tortured, even violently murdered, all because they love Jesus. I mean, think about that. That is their crime. They're not out setting fire to cop cars. They're not smashing store windows and stealing TVs. They're not beating up people or robbing people, breaking into people's houses. They just love Jesus. And they refuse to deny him as their Lord and Savior. That's their crime. That's what they suffer for. They love Jesus. So I don't apologize if anyone thought last Sunday's service was, was depressing. Because it's reality, folks. Everything you saw and heard last Sunday is everyday reality. It's not exaggerated. It, it's not made-up stories. It's daily life for a lot of people, and it's happening in those persecuted nations this morning as we speak right now. So let's not forget them. Let, let's just not go back to our comfortable way of life because, let's face it, we, we're spoiled American Christians are spoiled. I'm spoiled. I know. I'm spoiled. You're spoiled. We're all spoiled. Dan shared a devotion at yesterday's men's breakfast, and he said we're soft. 
I don't think he was talking about our waistlines, but he said we're soft. As Christians, we're soft, and he's right. We are soft. So let's remember our brothers and sisters in Christ who share the same faith that we have in Jesus, but sadly, they don't share the same freedom to express that faith that you and I are blessed with. Keep praying for them. We're more blessed than we realize. And I think it's good to be reminded of that from time to time, especially when we feel like complaining about something. Shame on us. You know, last Sunday, I stood up, up here as people came up to pray for the persecuted church, and I would read a Bible verse or a, a passage of scripture that mentioned something about persecution. And there was one I meant to include, but Lewis, I either forgot, which you know we've talked about forgetting things. I either forgot or God was saving it for today. So either way, I, I came across it in the early part of the week. I said, oh, there's that passage I was supposed to share Sunday, but maybe I'm supposed to share it today. But there was three words in it that really stood out to me, and those three words are love your enemies. Those are the words of Jesus. Love your enemies. Now, hold on, hold on, Jesus. We, we don't even pretend to like our enemies. I think about Hamas, the Taliban, Hezbollah, and it's easy to express hatred towards those groups because they're evil. They're, they're, the, they're enemies. And Jesus says, love your enemy. Hate the evil, but hate, hate the evil, but love your enemy. So how do we do that? That's so hard for me to do. So hopefully uh, we can find out a little bit more about that this morning. And, and those three words from Jesus, it's not just a suggestion or, hey, here's a good idea. They're, it's a command. And it's going to be the title of this morning's message, Love Your Enemies. We're going to be in Matthew 5, Luke 6. So let's pray. Father, this is a tough one. We like to pick and choose sometimes favorite verses, but love your enemies is, is one I don't think any of us sign up for or volunteer for willingly, but, but it's in there, and it's repeated. And anytime you repeat something, that, that means we're supposed to spe spend uh, extra attention to it. So give us ears to hear what your spirit is speaking to us this morning here at this church. So when we leave here, we can go out and, and apply this to our life. Otherwise, it's just old stories we keep reading over and over. It's for us today, I believe, and for everyone here this morning. So tune out any distractions and let us just focus on you and what you have to say to us this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, okay, let's, let's look at our first passage of Scripture. This is Jesus speaking, and, and it's part of his Sermon on the Mount from Matthew's Gospel. And he tells us in verse 43 and 44, so Jesus says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, now, in his teachings in chapter 5, Jesus says, you have heard it said, or you have heard the law that says. He says that several times, and then he quotes an Old Testament law but Jesus is the new covenant, right? He's the superior, better covenant. So he tells his listeners, you've heard the law that says that, but I say this. And he tells everyone, I haven't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. And Jesus' teachings in the New Testament, 
they don't lower the standards of the Old Testament. A lot of people think, well, Jesus, God's, uh, God's happier in the New Testament than he is in the Old Testament. He was pretty mad in the Old Testament. He was smoting people and wiping people out. No, same God. Save Jesus. And Jesus' teaching in the New Testament don't lower the standards of the old law. His teachings, if anything, raise the bar. Right? They raise the bar of the standards and the expectations he has of us. You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And we read that, and man, I'd like to skip right over that one, right? That Jesus wants us to do what? He says love your enemies. Well, who, who's our enemy? Now we know Satan's enemy number one, right? But, but is there a number two? Is there a number three out there? Like Hamas, Taliban, Battler, Putin? Let, let's, let's bring it closer to home. How about that person who's just impossible to get along with? person that, that is just downright mean. That person that causes our blood pressure to rise. That person we try to avoid if at all possible. But the Bible says if we are a new creation in Christ, we're supposed to do what? with our enemies, try to ignore them, try to defeat them, try to change them, just try to tolerate them. No, Jesus says, love them. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. That's not how the world operates, is it? But that's how Jesus wants us to operate. It's not how the world acts, but he wants us to act that way. Look what he says in verse 45 and 46. In that way, if we love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, in that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. He could have said, my Father in heaven, but he says, your Father. And then Jesus tells us how kind and how caring and how loving our Heavenly Father is to everyone. He says, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. In fact, let's take a minute and pray for him because we're in a drought, folks. Lord, you control the wind and the waves. You bring the rain. You stop the rain. And we ask, Father, be merciful to us and end this drought and bring rain, not violent rain that's going to destroy things. We, we got farmers who depend on their livelihood for crops, and there's no, 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 no way they can water them. So we're just asking you, Lord, open up the heavens and, and let the rain come. And let it be gentle and soaking and long soaking or that good, good rain that the earth needs. So we ask for you to replenish the earth with your rain in Jesus' name. And then Jesus asks us an interesting question. He says, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? <laughs> Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. In other words, so what? Big deal. It's easy to love people who love us. At least it should be. Look, look what he says in verse 47 and 48. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you're to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now we know Jesus was the only one who ever walked this earth who was perfect. None of us are perfect. But if we are more devoted to God's desires instead of our own, and, and if we carry his love and mercy and grace into this world and share it with those around us, 
we'll begin to grow in spiritual maturity and godly character. And we'll become more perfect as we become more like Christ, the only perfect one. I hope that makes sense. I think we all realize that we can't possibly love our enemies in our own strength. That's just not natural. And natural sounds good, doesn't it? I like the word natural. All natural. That sounds really appealing. Sounds healthy, right? All natural. Well, I googled all natural just to see what would come up. The first five things that came up was all natural shampoo, <laughs> all natural bug spray, <laughs> all natural toothpaste, all natural peanut butter, <laughs> and all natural dog food. Wow. All natural. It may sound safe. It may sound healthy when it comes to products, but we're talking about our spiritual condition. And when it comes to our life of faith, our natural impulses are being challenged to be supernatural impulses. To love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us, that's a very unnatural response to some injustice or some hurtful treatment from an enemy or a persecutor. But what others mean for evil, God can take and use it for our good, right? He does it all the time. It's not on the screen, but the Bible tells us in Romans 12, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? Good. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil with good. That's not the natural response to evil, but it's the right response. According to God's word, it's the right response. Love your enemies. That's not a natural response to an enemy. Pray for your persecutor. That's not a natural response either. But did you know the persecuted church that we prayed for last Sunday, their primary prayer is for the salvation of their persecutors? Not get us out of here, Lord. Destroy them, Lord. Their primary prayer is save them, Lord. That's not a natural response. That's a supernatural response. And that's what God expects from you and what he expects from me. And we might say, yeah, I know. I know that's what he expects from us, but you know what? He's asking for the impossible here. To love my enemies? Sorry, Lord, I just can't do that. Well, look what he says in Luke's gospel. We'll go to Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 29. He says, but if you are willing to listen, oh, if we're willing to listen, he says, I say, love your enemies. And we might hear that and say, no, nope, I'm done listening. No, he says, if you're willing to listen, love your enemies. Now, if we're rebellious, if we're defiant, if we're, if we're not willing to listen to them, then, then we're in the clear, right? Are we? We can ignore our enemies, or we can say all kinds of rotten stuff about them and just pretend they don't even exist, right? It's like that one guy on that show, uh, Shark Tank. When a guy turns around and says, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. We can pretend like that's our enemies, you know. They're dead to us. Pretend they don't exist. And, and let me say this. There are some enemies out there. There are some people out there that we're better off just keeping our distance from, amen? I mean, there are some toxic relationships that we need to protect ourselves and our loved ones from, if possible. You can pray for them. You can forgive them but you can forgive them without inviting them over for Thanksgiving dinner. Now, if you want to do that, God bless you. <laughs> but sometimes it's just healthier for everyone if we just keep our distance from certain people. 
okay? But if we're willing to listen to Jesus, as he says, if you're willing to listen, and if we truly do desire to grow and to mature in our walk with him, then he's talking to us here. And if we're willing to listen to him, he's telling us, well, then love your enemies. This is a tough one. I was telling Lewis, this is a tough one. And notice Jesus makes the word plural. It's not enemy, it's enemies, more than one. Jesus knew that as broken people, we couldn't live in a broken world without accumulating a few enemies along the way. And Jesus doesn't ask or he doesn't question whether we have any enemies or not. He knows we do. And he instructs us to love them. How are we going to do that, Jesus, when I'd rather just not be around those people? How, how am I supposed to obey you and love them? And he says, I'm glad you asked. And then he tells us how. Look at that passage. Do good to those who hate you. Really? Pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, in other words, somebody steals your coat, they're demanding it, they're not giving you an option. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. So Jesus is painting a picture for us how our enemies treat us. They hate us, they curse us, they hurt us, they insult us, and they steal from us. Yet Jesus still wants us to love them, not ignore them. Don't try to get even with them, but to love them. How? Love them by doing good. Love them by, by blessing them. Love them by praying for them. Love them by showing them kindness and gentleness. Love them by being generous to them. Boy, that sounds so beautiful, doesn't it? <laughs> But it also sounds impossible. So, so what do we do when something seems so impossible, so far out of reach for us? Now, we can ignore it, ignore everything Jesus is trying to teach us here, or we can surrender our pride and our ego and, and our plans and on our thoughts about certain people and certain things. We could surrender all that to him and ask him, please, Jesus, make the impossible possible. Change my heart, because in my heart is bitterness and anger and hatred toward that person. And you're the only one that can change the human heart. Look what you did for Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. You can do it for us if there's that one person that we just can't stand. We can't do it, but he can do it through us and in us if we're willing to listen to him. So Lord, help us. Help us to bless a difficult person this week. Somehow, somewhere, we'll come across someone this week and rather than just cut across the street or go the other way or turn around or ignore them completely, just help us be willing to, to, to bless that person. Give us words to pray for people we'd rather ignore and just like the, the, the header with that clenched fist, 
Relax our tight fists and give us open hands so we'll be gentle and kind and loving and generous with those we have a hard time with. See, Jesus is teaching us to take positive steps that will promote the welfare of those we may be in conflict with right now. It's showing mercy and it's showing love instead of the more worldly actions of retaliation or getting even. I never had one of those shirts, but I've seen them or I've seen the bumper sticker that says, I don't get mad, I get even. Have you seen that? I don't get mad, I get even. What a horrible attitude. Jesus continues to teach us how to show his love and generosity to others in verse 30, 31 and 32 out of Luke chapter 6. He says, give what you have to anyone who asks you for it. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Somebody grabs up blogs. Hey, stop. No, yeah, go ahead. Take it. Do for others as you would like them to do for you. The old golden rule, right? A lot of people don't know that's in the Bible. Do you think you deserve credit merely for loving those who love you? Even sinners do that. Mm. Jesus is calling us to a new way of living, a new way of behaving, a new way of responding to people who may not treat us well, no matter how kind we are to them. And, and living this way is only possible with God's help. That, that should remind us of Jesus' words in John's Gospel where he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. See, without his help, we, we can't love difficult people, right? But the Bible also says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? So he makes the impossible possible. He makes the invisible visible. And Jesus is inviting every one of us to respond to difficult people the same way he did. Kind, loving, blessing them, praying for them, giving to them and holding nothing back, and no expectation of receiving anything in return. No paybacks, no reimbursements. See, that's not natural. That's, that's a supernatural attitude to have. Look what he tells us in verse 33 and 34. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, is that so wonderful? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, what good is that? Even sinners will lend to their own kind for a full return. So, so the key here is expect nothing in return when we do good for anybody. This is a call from Jesus to extend the kind of generosity that's usually reserved for family and close friends, but he's asking us to extend it to everyone, not just a select few. That's, that's a radical teaching. Imagine a world where the economy changed from, I will give you this, only if you give me that, right? Sounds like a barter system. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's goods. But imagine a world where the economy changed from, I'll give you this only if you give me that, to I share this with you, knowing that you or someone else will generously share with me whatever I need. I mean, that's the whole communal living concept, right? It says in the early church, they, they put all this stuff together, and if anybody had need, you know, they sold stuff, and it was like, it, was, it sounds like the ideal situation. It's a very challenging concept. In the 60s and 70s, I wanted to be part of a commune, you know, it was kind of popular back then. Yeah, we're all going to get together, we're all going to live together, everything's going to be great, but 
we tend to be selfish. We were leaving Jesus completely out of it, so that was probably doomed from the beginning. And um, do you think it would work in this high-tech society with a bunch of self-centered people? Hardly, right? Uh, sounds good. And then Jesus reminds us once again this in verse 35 and 36. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them. And don't be concerned that they might not repay. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and to those who are wicked. That's, that's, that's God, right? He's kind to the unthankful and to those who are wicked. And then we're told, you must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. So I believe the overall message of this passage in Luke chapter 6 and, and the passage we looked at in Matthew 5 is to break down all the barriers that we have set up to keep a safe distance between ourselves and others, whether they be enemies or persecutors or haters or pagans or strangers or wicked people. Now, we need wisdom, too, right? I mean, we're to use wisdom in all this. But instead, Jesus is calling us to love them and to pray for them. And it might be best that we love them from a distance to be wise, to be kind to them, to be generous to them. We don't have to condone what they're doing, how they're living their life, to be kind and generous to them. We don't have to support what they may be doing that is either ungodly or opposed to biblical principles, but to totally desire and truly desire the well-being of other people for their good, right? And expecting nothing in return so that you and I might become the world that Jesus desires us to be while we're here, right? And that hopefully by, by living like this, we can give this cold, skeptical, cynical, hurting world a better look at Jesus, a more accurate look at Jesus. Because I, th I see story after story. I know people after people that have been hurt by the church. I've been hurt by the church. And sometimes Christians do a lousy job of representing the Father they claim. But if we can be more like Jesus and, and show people the real Jesus, a more accurate picture of Jesus, that goes a long way for skeptical people. And Jesus is telling us in, in these verses, if you're children of God, if you're true children of your Father in heaven, then act like it, right? Act like it. So I want to encourage all of us to, to go out there where, where life happens, where it's messy, and act like it. Act like we're children of our Father in heaven because apart from him, we can't do it. We'll just screw it up. Let's go out there and be more like Jesus, okay? All right, let's stand and, and pray and bless the meal. And uh, if you're ready to go in there and eat, go ahead and uh, help yourself. I, I got small bowls on purpose. Don't say, man, look at these chintzy little bowls Bob got. No, that's so you can sample a lot of different things, okay? <laughs> so, so there's more bowls, so there's more variety. 
and there's cheese with tongs. Use the tongue. Don't grab it by your hand. <laughs> Throw it in your ball, okay? We're not paranoid. We're, we're past the whole COVID, don't do this, don't touch that. But still, let's, let's use wisdom because there's still germs floating around. People are still sick. Oh, Lord, thank you for your, your word. And, and uh, this is a tough teaching. This is a hard one. Love your enemies. Whew. I wish it wasn't in the scriptures, but it is. And it's in there more than once. And we can't do it on our own. We're, we're, not, we're not able to. Number one, we're not able to. So that's where we need you, Holy Spirit. Change our hearts where we may harbor bitterness and anger and resentment towards others who may have really legitimately hurt us. It doesn't mean we have to be buddy-buddy again, but that we can, we can forgive and, and, and pray and uh, help us with that. Because uh, some people will just use you and use you and use you and uh, kick you to the curb when they're done. And um, help us, Lord. We know you were, you were treated horribly while you were here, and, and you're telling us to be more like you. So we don't volunteer for it. We're like, like Dan said, we're soft. We like it easy. We like it comfortable. We, we like it when people like us. Uh, we like it when people agree with us and believe the things we believe. But, Lord, we know that's not reality out there. So you, we're here as your ambassadors. We're representing a kingdom not of this world. So help us represent it well. Help us represent it accurately. Just like you put that sycamore tree for Zacchaeus to climb up so he could get a better look at Jesus. Let us be sycamore trees so people can get a better look at Jesus through us. I pray that for all of us in Jesus' name. Now, bless the meal we're about to receive. Thank you that we, we can enjoy a good homemade chili and homemade soup and just laugh together and hang out together. Spend some time with somebody you don't know as well as someone else and just let's get to know each other better. There's not that many of us here, but Lord, uh, knit our hearts together. Let us fulfill your prayer in John 17 that says that we would be one as you and the Father are one. That's unity. That's unity. Regardless of our age, regardless of our social status, regardless of any background we may have, Lord, unite us together, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.